Welcome to Masterpiece Theatre. This week we will have a very special rendition of Shakespeare's very rare Henry VII, modified only slightly by our special guest this week, Victor Voltaire Messenger. Very proud to have him with us. Hey, Messenger. Bruce Gott. <laughs> and Freddy. Freddy? Uh-huh. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and of course, Keith. Hello, everybody. How's it going, guys? Yeah, it's going, going, going. I'm throwing these guys a curve here today. The Uh-oh. Oh, the shit. Masterpiece Theater and all that stuff. So cool. No, did you guys catch the... Um, the satanic speech on Thursday? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. my God. Yeah? yeah. Well, I... Okay. I, I look back. I could be the devil's advocate with you three guys, but... Like, I, I watched it three times. Oh. Okay? So... We have an addict Overachiever. Here. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to understand a little bit more, but I didn't find... I, in my mind, I... Okay, God. I'm Is anyone here surprised that Keith didn't find it? No, it's okay. Go ahead. Well, I just felt like, you know, oh, man, this is, <laughs> this is the wrong place to It's It's okay, because I didn't yeah. even watch it. So oh, you're in a safe so, space. So you're in a safe Keep spot. You're only going to get hit by two people. You right. are in a safe <laughs> yeah. space. Um, and you have a pillow. In well, you know, when you're talking to a, a retired colonel, there, it, I'm, I'm trying to throw the rink out of there, but it's hard. Thanks, T. Yeah, you're making me feel wonderfully safe, especially with Psycho Eddie sitting in the corner just but I don't think anyone's, at my chest. I don't think anyone's confused about that, right? I mean, I, no. do I no, no. come across as an asshole? Not at all. Okay. I just feel I, it's, my own, it's my own insecurities. That's all right. right? Which, which that list is fucking long, isn't it? You know, Eddie, Eddie. You're yeah. on that There's list, too, Eddie. There's a cookout down here. <laughs> Why don't you grab a hot dog and... Um, anyway, anyway so, so I did watch it, yeah, yeah. and I, I want to, like, I want to say, like, I didn't, I tried not to see it as a Republican or, Republican uh-huh. or Democrat, just someone who is more concerned about the direction of the country, okay. right? like the, the uh, sovereignty of, of the freedom. Realm. Okay. Right? So I, I kind of took, like, uh, like, I didn't see it as a... You know, satanic, uh, satanic speech, or uh-huh. you know, something like that. But I have heard many people, including a lot of my friends back east, saying mm-hmm. they didn't like it. Yeah. So, are you fond of Hitler speeches? <laughs> I mean, the, the Nuremberg rallies. Do they do it for you too? Or no, no. But <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's it's out of my wheelhouse. No, no. I'm, no. I mean, I'm, I'm teasing. No, I no. Really want to know what you think. I don't know what to think. To be honest with you, Tim, okay. I'm I'm disappointed that we have to have speeches like that. Well, let me ask you this: Do you think it was extraordinary in the in our lifetime history of presidential speeches? Yes, I'd never heard a speech like okay. that. Okay, and what made it extraordinary in your mind? That he had to touch on topics that he was touching. Okay, like losing our democracy and was it MAGA? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing. Uh, to me, it was a divisionary speech saying, hey, you radical guys over here, you're wrong and we can't let you do this or do that. And mm. um, 
so yeah, I, I, I saw it a little bit like that. But I also see the fact that we are becoming more and more divided mm -hmm. from everyone, you know, right. all these politicians, you know. And it's like I kind of want to wipe the slate clean. If I had my way, I wouldn't have Republicans or Democrats. Right. I'd just have civilians that, you know, it's funny. I watched a video from a professor. I, I don't know what college he was from. He's written a bunch of books. But basically what he was saying, we have no longer provided the government with qualified people to assume the position of responsibility that know how to govern. They don't have the education. They don't have the background. They don't have the knowledge. Uh, we're not grooming professional, I guess you could say, politicians. Well, without a doubt, one of the reasons why we're in this mess is because we have decades of football coaches teaching civics classes in high school. Uh, man, I mean, come on, are you being fair to football coaches, really? I thought I mean, football coaches were I mean, pretty well-rounded. <laughs> They're team players. I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, that's an excellent point. It's Instead kind of been relegated to, uh, hey, who around here can teach a civics class? Yeah. Hey, coach, how about you? Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I have, a, I have a funny example. When I was a, a junior in school, I was in trouble a lot. There was uh, classes. Uh -huh. yeah. There was a couple of classes I was not allowed to go to for weeks. I would have to go sit in the dean's office. My dean was Mr. Levine. In his office, he had planes from World War II, mm -hmm. everything that I loved. And we would go in there, and we would talk about airplanes and pilots, and he would tell us stories. And it, for troublemaking kids, we started to realize, I started to realize more and more, whoa, I want to be like that 21-year-old pilot right there. Mm -hmm. uh, was it Louis V, that famous picture, black and white picture of the Mustang? Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of stuff. And we, we had these, we had educators, you know, and, and not just from a book, but from the Book of Life, right. who showed us things and the sacrifices of others and all this. And now I just find it, uh, I, you, you can't see it like a 14-year-old anymore, hmm. you know, because your brain is like, okay, you're, you're, you're just, you have, uh, you have become tarnished, you're calloused, mm -hmm. you know. Well, you had to grow up, right? <sighs> yeah, I, 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 <clears throat> yeah, you, you grow up, but you grow up with this set, sent, sick, twisted sense of reality because like the reality is we want to be good human beings to each other we shouldn't see each other for color or for political gain or side right we want to take care of each other that's what we're supposed to be doing but we're not doing that you know as americans our our societies are breaking down we don't respect law we don't respect our parents i'm not saying everyone but it just seems like all these things that i was raised with and my parents were raised with have been washed washed down and that I don't like. But is it that that's a sick, twisted view of reality? Or is reality sick and twisted and our view is just coming in line with that reality? That we lived in a sheltered world for a long time because of the peace offered to us by the twin oceans left and right and the big distances between the European powers and the Asian powers. And so we got to enjoy you know, a good half century of isolation isolation mm -hmm. culture um you know that that took a lot for granted yeah. fair messenger your thoughts i have none at the moment i that's bullshit yeah you, we don't believe that <laughs> that's bullshit <laughs> I, I see him over there cogitating oh yeah 
I have none that are ready to be shared. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's probably more accurate. Statement. Gotcha, gotcha. So we got to wait. Well, then I'm going to ask you a question then, it's because loading, you're yeah. not going to get off that easy. The um, back to the speech. Uh, I understand you didn't see it. I did not see it. Okay, so you probably saw lots of speeches throughout the Obama administration, and you probably saw plenty of speeches during the Trump administration. Correct? Not really. Oh, really? So are you? Are you a purist? You sanitize your life from politics? You don't watch anything? I watch very little. Interesting. I like Blood to read. has got to be a lot lower than the rest yeah, of us. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so maybe have you seen two in your life? Two presidential speeches? Yes. Okay. In the two that you can think of, have you ever seen a president spend the entire time in a speech not talk about the main problems that are challenging the country in terms of fentanyl poisoning, war in Ukraine, uh, threats, uh, Chinese threats on Taiwan, border, you know, crisis. border crisis, you know, any number of things that are affecting the policy situation, you know, runaway inflation, the economy in general, student loan debt forgiveness, you know, all these things that are national topics, all of that be completely ignored, not even mentioned once, and have the entire speech isolate a member percentage subsection of the American populace and demonize them. Is that usual? Unfortunately, I think it's where we're going. Um... But is it extraordinary? Have you seen it before? Never seen it before to, to this. We started seeing, I think, the first symptoms of this back mm-hmm. in the 90s. I want to say with, was it, it was a, a governor from Colorado running for president. Jim Hart, I think his name was. And he had uh, been unfaithful to his wife. Mm-hmm. And that was the first kind of like national level look how horrible this person is he's a bad person i'm not him so you should vote for me instead of i'm a good guy here's my platform you should vote for me i saw that with i think it was jim hart was his name i don't think it was jim or john hart or something like no it was hart was the last name Hart was the last name but i can't remember his first name but do you remember the boat that he got busted on it had a funny name. Monkey business. Yeah, that's it was yeah. a, a ironic name. I yeah. do remember that. Yeah, the monkey business. That was the name of the boat that he got caught with his uh, illicit lover on. But I remember thinking back then. Gary Hart. Gary Hart, Hart thank it. you. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking back then, because I was a younger man, mm-hmm. and I just remember thinking, this is unusual. They're smearing him in the public. And it's selling because National Enquirer, People Magazine, all those different. That was kind of the, the 80s, I think, 80s, 90s. I was like, this is interesting. And here we are now, 30 years later. Nobody talks about what they've done, what they will do, what their platform is, what they believe in. Everybody now just talks about, well, I'm not that guy. I'm not as bad as that guy. So it's an interesting how we've completely switched. The lesser of two evils argument. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and now we're not even arguing anymore. See, because we we talk about it, 
we're not even arguing about the good points anymore. Because right now we argue more about, well, Trump is a good leader or Biden's a good leader. We've gotten rid of the actual discussions of what is a good leader, what does the country need, and then who can fulfill that need. We've, we've gotten rid of the great conversation, and now we're just, my guy's better than your guy. Very much the idiocracy, very much the dumbing down mm -hmm. of America. And I don't even think it's th that, uh, what you just said, Keith, my guy's better than your guy. It's my guy's not as bad, not as bad <laughs> as your guy, you know? Yeah. That, that, yeah, you're, I think you're correct. That yeah. seems to be the message right now. Is Yeah, I'm fucked up, but look at this cat over here. Right. You know? So that maybe we should get back draft to... Draft dodging piece of shit over yep. here, right? To actual dialogue, actual conversation, like slowing people down and say, before we get to, you know, I don't like Trump, I don't like Biden, I like Trump, I like Biden. How about just what's important to you and who espouses? Like, let's back up a little bit and have a pre-conversation. But isn't that mm -hmm. the point? Isn't it the point in American politics to get us off of the pertinent issues and instead get us into what I call the uniparty dance, where Democrats and Republicans are not that different. I mean, their policy positions are different, and sure, they'll vote on different things different ways, but the ultimate direction that they're taking the country is exactly the same. I mean, it's not like... Republicans are in charge, and the the budget gets balanced, and the spending goes to zero, and you know, the, you know the the debt goes down. No, if you look at the debt line, it goes on a you know exponential curve. They both spend like drunken sailors. Yes. They both spread our military all across the world. They both start wars everywhere they can, with the exception of Trump. He's the only president who hasn't started a war. <laughs> but <laughs> Biden didn't take any time at all before he started you know, wars uh, all up again. The For six hours, I think it was. Yeah, right. Um, there's, there's kind of a, a spin cycle, if you will, that gets us distracted on the issues that you're describing mm -hmm. so that we become more um, American Idol focused. Yes. You know, celebrity focused. More, you know, who's fashionable, who's cool, who can play the saxophone, you know, versus who's really bringing good ideas, good leadership, as you said, mm -hmm. to bear. And uh, Eddie, I want to ask you, you remember the Charlottesville event? Uh, I think it was back in 2017. The uh, church shooting? No, it, it, this is where the um, Antifa guys came against the white supremacist yes. guys and all that <coughs> stuff. Yep. You remember afterwards, uh, President Trump made a comment that uh, got everybody all upset. He, he was talking about the tragedy of the situation, da, 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 but he said, but there are good people on both sides of I the issue. That. And people were like, see, he's praising white supremacists. You know, there he goes. He's a white supremacist you know, jerk. But is it possible to look at that a different way, that he was attempting to not do precisely what Biden has done here, and that is to demonize all people of a certain belief set or all political beliefs of a certain group like MAGA you know to say there are good people on both sides because you can't you can't color everyone with one brush and say right. just because you wear a red hat that says make America great again means you're a threat to the country is that is that possible yeah yeah I see merit in that um, um, sorry 
TBI moment here. That's all right. You're allowed um, three of those. Okay. Every podcast. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that could have been what was behind that comment. You know, good people on both sides. And um, again, going back to that recent speech, I just don't. It makes me wonder, right? We've seen our, our current president just straight up fucking embarrass himself so many times when he opens his mouth. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder is what came out of his mouth what was really on the teleprompter? Right. Or because that, that everything about that speech to me was to demonize anyone who uh, isn't, you know, hardcore Democrat or whatever. It, it was either you're with us, you're against us, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like GW told the fledging coalition after 9-11, you know, either you're with us or you're against us. And he took but a lot of heat for that. Yeah. Um. Well, that brings me to my next question, but you had a point to make. No. No? Oh, well, well, if you make this gesture. It oh, sorry. <laughs> he raised his hand and went, ooh, ooh, Didn't mean to cough. Ooh, ooh. No, I was going to add into what you had said, but then, of course, my little short train got lost. So, Well, okay, so let me pitch this to you. What he's talking about is this demonization point. It's certainly, and I think, Keith, you've mentioned this as well, that there's a lot of people who maybe, including independents, felt like this was a, a trash-talking, running-down-the-other-side speech. But the very next day... Remember the press asked President Biden, do you think that all supporters of President Trump are a threat to our democracy? And President Biden responded by saying, I don't think any President Trump supporters are a threat to our democracy. Now, he had just, that was on Friday, and on Thursday night he had just stood there and said, all these MAGA Republicans are a threat to our democracy. Mm-hmm. And not just democracy. At one point, he, he used the phrase threat to national security. Right, 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 right. So pretty high bar. I mean, that's treason. That's, you know, at least conspiracy to commit treason, if you will. So how do you account for that? In front of the cameras, he says they're all a threat to national security, a threat to our democracy. And the next day he says, none of them are. Propaganda. Senility and dementia? It's part of the war machine. Yeah. No, I I think it is part of the... uh, Almost like an internal civil cold war, if you will, Mm. where we have some individuals that hold office, and whatever office that may be, whatever position, that... Are fulfilling the obligations of that office uh, in a dishonorable or unhonorable manner mm-hmm. because they're putting their personal agenda in there because it's illegal to leak classified information but yet it happens all mm-hmm. the time hourly yeah there are entire industries which are built around the illegal act of leaking information mm-hmm. 
people count on people to illegally leak information. Mm -hmm. That should not be a thing that we count on. Right. We really shouldn't. I'm convinced, oh, what's his name, uh, Paul Pelosi's well on his way to be a billionaire because info he gets from uh, Nancy. Yeah, that's been going on. I've been saying that since the 90s, yeah. and everybody is still worried about football, hockey, Kim Kardashian's butt. Right. But nobody paid attention to the FDA changing um, labels. So the food that we eat is not from America. It's not USDA prime grade A beef anymore. It can be from China, from Philippines, roadkill. As long as it's processed by an American company, the label can say American made. So these, all these little things like that happen while nobody pays attention. Right. Because Kim Kardashian's butt is just... Mm -hmm. It's a compelling, compelling butt. Yeah, I guess so. So, Keith, let me ask you. <clears throat> you had that, on, that speech on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Then you had the president recant that on Friday. And then soon after that, the president's Twitter account basically sends out five tweets that completely repeat and reinforce what he said in the speech on Thursday. So as if to say the president spoke out of turn to the press and now we need to correct the record that no, he really meant what he said Thursday when he demonized the MAGA Republicans. How do you see that? Uh, I'm wondering if those tweets were automated, like someone mm -hmm. sent them out out of touch with what took place on Friday, mm -hmm. right? Maybe it was just, you know, someone not keeping up on it, which would be kind of hard because the President of the United States, everything he says should be, like, monitored. Oh, yeah. Start a fucking war. Yeah, they're pretty uh, anal about that stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> I, yeah, go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, I'd, not to talk a little bit more, but... I think it goes back to what I didn't quite finish saying, the war machine that they're making. Mm -hmm. Because it's just like January 6th. If, if they keep calling it an insurrection and they're insurrectionists. Excuse me, an armed insurrection. Armed even, armed yes. even. That allows them then, just by that word choice, and by nobody holding their feet to the fire about mm -hmm. that word choice, that then allows them to hold these American citizens who were protesting slash demonstrating slash just exercising their constitutional rights. But because they're allowed to change the narrative to say, no, no, these were armed insurrectionists. So under Department of Homeland Security memos, we can hold them. We can also, without any warrants, get taps on their phones. We can look at all their social media. We can do all this. We can violate all their constitutional rights. Right. Because years ago, under Obama, you guys gave up that constitutional right under Homeland Security. It's actually under Bush. Or, yeah, under yeah. Bush. Sorry. Yep. I mean, Obama ratified it, extended it. Extended but it. And then that's where the Snowden comes into play. Yes. Yes. So that's where, again, I am still have not figured out yet what I think about Snowden. Right. Is he a patriot that's just been misunderstood? Right. Or was he truly a traitor? Right. I don't know yet personally how I feel. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure, I mean, t in your defense, I'm pretty sure the real story 
is not what they showed in the movie. I mean, I'm not sure, but I have a sneaking suspicion that maybe Hollywood didn't tell exactly the truth on that because we've all worked with classified systems or know someone who has. You can't just walk in with a thumb drive on a Cypernet computer and plug in that thumb drive and download the whole of the national security secrets of the United States onto that thumb drive and then walk out with it. It just doesn't physically work that way. I mean, it does not work that way. <laughs> Anyone who knows anything about advanced classification systems that hold the level of information that he's talking about requires sophisticated national level efforts to get at. People oh, yeah, he, yeah he definitely spent a lot more than just a couple minutes yeah. getting oh, yeah. that. Yeah, it was planned. Yeah. I think he, I've watched a lot of his interviews and stuff. He didn't go into a lot of the detail because he's, he's probably still, not going to. Yeah, he's still, he's still loyal. Yeah, loyal. But I don't see him as a traitor. I just don't. I think he saw something that he knew goes against the fundamentals of yeah. right. of our American yeah. lifestyle. And it was a threat to us internally. Yeah. I think that's a valid point of view um, because it's, everything he's warned about has certainly come true. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that speech that Eisenhower gave, mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was a pretty bold speech. I can't, you know, I can't remember it verbatim, but he was basically warning us against our it's own government. verbatim, not verbatim, per, you uh, retard. What, what is it? <laughs> verbatim. Well, so, you, so your high school diploma is a little bit more higher level than my GED. Fuck off. Verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> what did I say? I don't even know what I said. It's a right. parabellum. We'll, we'll get past no, it. I, you know, bygones are bygones. But I just thought, was there a lot of backlash for that speech that he gave? I mean, he's the president of the United States, basically saying what right. he said. You know, right. the military-industrial complex. Yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think the heart of that speech begs the question in its connection to the speech this last Thursday of what does. A threat to national security really look like if someone said that sign right there on the wall is a threat to national security how would you be able to tell whether or not that was true you know what are the elements of a quote-unquote threat to national security or a threat to our democracy that you could objectively look at it and say hmm yes that has all the elements right because if someone just said I mean one of the things I think was absent from the president's speech were compelling elements of here's how you know a threat to national security. Here's how you know a threat to democracy. Because one of the things that he mentioned was challenging the results of elections, right? He did mention that as a specific thing, that the odds or the, the outcome of an election is either I win or I got cheated, right? But yesterday at the White House press briefing, one of the reporters said to the White House, White House spokesperson, so questioning the results of an election is extremist behavior. But here I have from you a tweet in 2016 where you said President Trump was elected illegitimately and said that this other guy, a governor, was elected illegitimately. So why is it extremist threatening now, but it wasn't extremist threatening when you did it back then? And she was like, oh, it's totally inappropriate for you to make that comparison. You know, she just played it off. But it brings up the good point of what test do we apply? You know, if I walk in and say, you know, this is a turd and lay it here on the table, 
will be able to quickly evaluate based upon your knowledge of turds and all the physical characteristics. No one here is really, I think, presenting a good argument for what is it that makes X, Y, or Z a threat to our democracy? So I ask you, Eddie, what are we talking about here? Um, so let's say use the January 6th mm-hmm. event, all right? That was one riot in one city on one day. Right. But these idiots won't even begin to try to touch on an entire year and a half of BLM riots that they supported or George Floyd riots that burned down hundreds of cities and towns all across our country. Yeah. But the, everyone keeps harping back to this armed insurrection on January 6th. You without know, any arms. Without any arms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <sighs> did you guys know that in the course of this time period that Eddie's talking about, the summer of love, I like to call it, the BLM Antifa <coughs> riots, that over 60,000 police officers were casualties in these riots? They were either wounded to such a degree that they could not do their job, or they were killed, and the number is 60,000. I think that speaks to your point. Have you guys ever heard about the threat to our democracy that Antifa and BLM are because they're out there wounding and maiming our law enforcement officers? We don't hear about the threat, but we do know what the threat is. Sure, but I'm saying... But, yeah, you'll never hear that from the press because it's not part of the propaganda machine. Right, right. You're right. I think that proves what Eddie's saying here is the point. You know, yeah. so once again, does that lack of a definition play into the agenda? Yes. I mean, are they trying to use vagary in order to Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. I I can I can tell you that um there's an entire job field in the uh, in the army. They wrote their own job description. And they wrote it very vaguely, which says that they get to do anything and everything that they want to in support of an investigation. And so, therefore, anytime you go to grab them to do something, they'll tell you, oh, I can't do that right now. I'm busy. I'm working on this investigation. And the way they wrote their regulations for their particular job, you can't interfere with that. Mm -hmm. So even though I knew, even though I would know even though I was read in on that investigation, that for two weeks they're going to be playing spades in solitaire because the subject of their investigation is, let's say, TDY. Well, for that two weeks, they're still busy doing the investigation because that's how they wrote their regs. So they can get away with whatever they want. Gotcha. So, so they define it and they investigate yeah. it. Yeah. They get to create their own It's sandbox. a threat to national security. Right. Everything can be a threat right. to national security or nothing. So, Keith, do you think this will serve to justify people demonizing or going after MAGA Republicans because they've heard the president say that they are a threat to national security? I think it's already there. I think the cat's out of the bag. I think we're so divided, we don't even need the president to see that. Because if you go on any social media, there's one side versus the other. And it's not nice. There's no middle ground. Mm-hmm. I, so I think 
I don't think the president's speech is going to do much that's not already there. It just reinforces the people that are on his side. I don't see them being any more. I mean, besides grabbing weapons and start shooting members of MAGA, I don't see anything else. Well, but that is precisely my question is, yeah. I think it's reasonable to ask, okay, are there some perhaps mentally unstable people on that side or maybe people who are looking for a purpose and reason to belong in an otherwise empty life who hear the president say these people are a threat to national security and think to themselves, well, I've heard the president say this. I need to get out there and do something. I could make something of my life by defending the country, by taking some of these guys out. Well, I think, haven't we already seen that? I mean, we see that with psychos all the time, either shooting innocent people or blacks. Or well, but they, they're not citing the president as no, the basis of no, the no, moral no. authority to go out and do it. Well, I think by the president making a statement like that, they could use that as almost like, hey, like when Trump said, go down to the fucking Capitol, right? He said that, and off they went. I'll be down there in a little bit. Well, he went down there, and maybe they didn't go down there to instigate the violence level of violence that occurred but we know that in human nature it doesn't take much for that see i'm gonna mess up the word again eddie you're gonna be a little bit what's that thing that swings back and forth pendulum, pendulum. yes yes yeah, fuck you gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but you know make that pendulum swing to that yeah. extreme side sure you know and the other thing i was wondering which we haven't covered i mean none of us are in the well maybe you are sir to a level but is there a group of people like Say you had something on the wall, right? And if we look at it through our average lenses, we see that says the story never told. But if we put on special glasses, and inside that was a special message that we couldn't, we just can't decipher. Right. Maybe there's a group of people in government that are seeing something that we just can't see. Mm -hmm. And they're slowly trying to like either divert something or create something. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. So what you're suggesting is there's some level of advanced intelligence regarding an organized effort that is either underway or starting to get underway, and they want to use public influence in order to divert, slow down, thwart in some way what only they know about. They can't tell us. There's entire branches of government that actually – that's their purpose. Yeah. But I think it's reasonable to, to speculate on that, yeah. I mean, usually, I mean, I'm not going to say usually because I don't know, but, you know, we focus our strategic intelligence, whatever, to play games, right? To, right. hey, look over here, and I'm doing something over here. Well, I'm sure they're doing it with, with the population, mm -hmm. and they do it with advertising. I mean, the kind of food we eat, uh, the kind of people we hang out with, you know. So let's go with that idea okay. for a second. Let's assume that that's the case. What does that organized effort look like? What they're trying to stop, when they call it a threat to national security, a threat to our democracy, what does that indicate to you that this group is trying to do? What are they up to? Well, to be honest, I really don't think they care about any one group at all. I think that we're being herded to become sheep more and more and more both sides are mm -hmm. having different ways and i think they have a long long plan decades in the making to to make us into something to where 
we're no longer Americans. I mean, let, let's be honest with you. You know, we were back during World War II. We were Americans. Mm -hmm. Women went to work. You know, everybody worked for the war effort. You know, to do something really good. And look at us now, since the Vietnam War. We're a broken society. Yeah. We fucked the Vietnam vets over. You know, thank God we didn't fuck the Iraqi Afghanistan vets over. But we fucked the American people over. People can't afford to eat. Our weather climate's changing. I mean, I'm not saying that, the, you know, the world's going to detonate, but we've got serious problems. And it's just like you said, Keith. People on Facebook looking at Kim Kardashian's ass saying, oh, my God. You know, meanwhile, yeah. your neighbor can't afford to put propane in his tank to heat up his fucking house. Right. And, and you don't even give a fuck. You, you have an entire state, one of the most populated states in our country, saying they're going to outlaw gasoline-powered vehicles or fuel-powered vehicles in a four-year period. And then literally the next day, they tell everyone who has an electric car not to charge their cars because the power grid's failing. It is the most populous state yes. in the country, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's, and I, and I have to acknowledge your observation of the trend in America, and I will just point out that it began with the designated hitter and AstroTurf in baseball. If you got rid of those two things, we'd be fine right now. But they had to go do that designated hitter crap in the American League, and look where it got us. Pitchers have to swing. All right, so back to the point. We're being herded, corralled, sheeped, you know, put into whatever. This phenomenon that you're describing, have we seen this anywhere before in history, Keith Messenger? Have we ever seen this type of social manipulation, social movement, where people are divided up into their differences, those differences are reinforced, they're kind of prodded into violent sentiments against each other? Where, where have we seen something like that before, if at all? I don't know. Iraq. Ah, okay. Iraq used to be the pinnacle of education. The yeah. stars, the constellations, everything. Yeah. And then they got crazy religious and started hating on each other. Yeah. And not just religion, but ethnicity as well. Yeah. Right? Culture. Yeah. Culture, yeah. How about the Balkans? Don't know anything about it. Yugoslavia, Kosovo, Bosnia. In fact, that is the name for it now. Balkanization. You know, the Balkanization of American society. Where, under Yugoslavia, they you know had after World War II, they had Tito, who was this despotic ruler who ruled with an iron fist, and everybody hated him equally, and everyone feared him equally, and they didn't have time to fight each other because they had a common enemy. Tito goes away, and everyone had the AKs waiting in the closet to break out, and start going after their Muslim their neighbors, neighbors, yeah. you know, stuff like that. And it balkanized so that you had the Kosovars here, the Bosnian Serbs here, and Macedonians. Yeah, the Macedonians. And, you know, in the broader context, you have the Russians who have strong ethnic ties and security agreements in this area, the British and the French, you know, the Austrians, and it gets ties back to World War One and you know, all sorts of economic interests as well. And we're still there. The United States Army is still there because of that, keeping the peace in that neighborhood. So can that happen here? Yes. It already what, is. What's it look like? Pretty bleak. How bad is it going to get? Will it go 
I think Kiss we're gonna. Book? I think we're gonna go full retard on this. I really do. It may take a little bit, but I think the United States of America will be gone. Okay. How much time do you give us? Less than thirty years. Less than thirty. Okay. Let's go around the room here. So less than thirty years. Within a hundred. Within a hundred. Mm-hmm. Fifty to seventy. Fifty to seventy. Okay. I'll go. I'll go with you. I say before the end of twenty twenty eight. That's what I'll say, and here's why: because are you full Mad Max by twenty twenty eight, or like pre Mad Max twenty twenty? No, no. I say twenty twenty eight. The United States of America, as we see it now, as a you know political entity, won't exist that way. Okay. By the end of twenty twenty eight, and I say that simply because, yes, what we're seeing now has happened before but we've never seen a national power fall from such great heights in terms of the united states has enjoyed such levels of peace prosperity shall i say decadence so that we're sitting on top of a generation right now we've talked about this you know a couple weeks ago we're sitting on top of a generation right now who is as far away from agriculture as you could possibly get as far away from basic survival skills as you you possibly get. So if you take away electricity, forget it. I mean, the the fall from that height is extremely far. And I think that that is what makes this situation particularly precarious for our society, is that we have taken for granted all these things. Like what Eddie's talking about in California, Hey, we want to go electric cars. Well, someone just assumed that there would be electricity when you plugged in your car. You can't assume that. I mean, it's the real world, right? All those type of cascading assumptions that go throughout society are going to come to a head. And eventually we're going to realize that you can't depend on anyone else but the people within a seven-mile radius of you for your survival. And that's what will begin the that compressing of our society if you will what becomes more local and who cares what they say in a city 3,000 miles away we have to make these decisions for ourselves now we're no longer hunters and gatherers that's right. the other issue yeah, yeah. we don't know how to survive right let's My go to the grocery exactly. store and get food right and it'll just no be grocery there. store right so and not only groceries but a hundred different flavors of a hundred different types yeah right? sorry Keith go ahead sorry. so years ago um I learned the Polish language, became fluent. Very nice. And and part of that instruction, education, I learned a little bit of the history of Poland. Dziękuję. Zaso nima. So, but as a result of that, I also found They're a little afraid of the Swedes, aren't they? Well, something I found interesting was that I used to think that I, I couldn't understand why people always made uh, Polish jokes, oh, you know, right. Polak jokes, yeah, things yeah. like that. And I always thought, well, Polish people are really smart. Yeah. They are. And I realized it goes back to their history. There was a time in their history where they made a law where if they were ever going to go to war, it had to be a unanimous vote by their Congress. And this is like in the 1200s or something like that, a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And because of that, Poland was invaded and taken over before they could ever come to a unanimous decision to actually go to war with their occupiers. So they ceased to exist for about 800 years. Yeah. And that's kind of why everybody makes fun of Polacks, mm-hmm. is because they were dumb enough to lose their country for a long time. 
we're right behind them. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Those Canadians are just chomping at the bit to come take our hockey leagues. Bastards. But, yeah, no, I totally agree and tacos. with you. And um, it, it's amazing how easy it is to start to take things for granted, right? Yep. We just assume it's going to be there because it's always been there. And it's there right up until it's not. Imagine you guys are seeing what happens when uh, we lose power here in Monsoon mm-hmm. into a store that is a, a national chain, such as Best Buy. When they lose their computers or lose connectivity, forget it. Everything ceases. Mm-hmm. But worse than that, not only does everything for that day cease, but nobody knows what to do or how to pick up operations again. Right. So on a grand scale, if we were to lose electricity as a nation, it would be Mad Max within 24 hours. Yeah. Like and full on. And if it happens everywhere all at once or you know, in a broad region, yeah, it's Lord of the Flies in 72 hours. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Is that, is that red? It's red. The clock on the wall says that's all for the Masterpiece Theater Warrior Verbatim, Verbatim Podcast. Verbatim. I was so close, Eddie. Come on. At least you didn't say perennial. So close. <laughs> Please join us next time where we will talk about Nicholas the Wonder Dog. <laughs>